everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. This is episode 26, and our season two is just about wrapping up. I'm Michelle Hootink, your host, if you don't know by now, and my co-host, Christian Conway. For the first time ever, I'm excited to watch the U.S. Men's National Team today, which tells you everything you need to know about 2020. Yes, our... Our guys are called up for international duty, and Sebastian Legette is on as a false nine, you said. Yeah, it looks like uh, they've, they're they going to deploy him as a false nine. Have, I guess, Conor De La Fuente and Gio Reyna kind of, and I guess, Yunus uh, uh, Musa fill the space where he'll drop back into. So it's going to be an interesting interesting game. It's it's funny because normally we'd, we'd come on this pod and at least dedicate you know, 10, 15 minutes to the U.S. men's national team. But it's like, we literally have no idea what's going to happen. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's been, what, 286 days since the U.S. men's national team has played a game. So, like, really anything could happen. Anything could happen. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, actually that is playing uh, a part because going into Galaxy News, Christian Pavon's contract is, you know, up for grabs at 10 million. And when you have a 2021 season that you just don't know what's going to happen, it's it's really, I say Galaxy should buy him. Well, if 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 Boca is willing to drop the price to 10 million, and and again, this from what the information we've gotten today, from what I've seen, it does depend on how they perform in Libertadores in terms of if they want him back for a possible Libertadores semifinal, but that that's still up in the air. I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at who they're going to play in the Libertadores moving forward. But, you know, if Boca is willing to drop the price to 10 million, I I'd do that deal in a heartbeat. Like, I mean, 20 million, we've, we've talked about on this podcast before. I've, I've said $20 million was considering everything that the galaxy need to get done in this off season, $20 million. I think you can argue well, we could use that $20 million for a lot of different things that overall would make the Galaxy a better team. But now that they've dropped it to $10 million, I like that deal. Like, I really do like that deal. I think that's incredible that they even bothered, like, they, they even got to that point. But I think it also shows how cow-strapped most clubs are nowadays in terms of, um, in terms of the loss of revenue due to the pandemic and not having fans in the stadium and and you know merch price or like merch revenue dropping and so on and so forth um which you know I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday talking about the um the the absolute plight that a lot of um lower league clubs in england are because they just can't make up the revenue and i i assume probably a lot of other clubs that operate on the financial margins that you know like that, that don't operate on the financial margins like say a manchester city or an arsenal does um you know it, I do the deal for $10 million. Like it's just, it, it makes perfect sense considering what he's done in a galaxy Jersey, even in spite of the galaxy, not being good. Like that's a talent that you can build around. Like that's the piece of, of work you can build around. Like, you know, like he's someone you can build around. And, and I know this is going to sound blasphemous. I'm probably going to get hit on Twitter for it, but you can build around Chicharito. You can build around these two guys. That's a connection you can build around. And it's about, from here on out, it's about building those connections. And I think that's a good start. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, Teclose and Klein came on and they said, you know, they had a they had a whole conference and they 
we're talking about what we have to do to to build this club better. It honestly doesn't sound like Klein's going anywhere, unfortunately. But listen, we we kind of knew that, right? Uh, for one, two, Declose made a point that too many changes isn't good. Um, I I think that the the right changes can be good, but for right now, like you're saying about building a team, I don't think that Pavon should have to carry the team anymore. I was hoping that Yoni Gonzalez. Which it's it's a little unfair to me to assess some of these players, especially this 2020 season. It, it was so rocky. It was so uncertain. They, you know, even even when they did travel, it was it was a risk, and um, you know, it was it it's hard to assess, right? But at the end of the day, I I see the potential with what we had and and what did work, and I think Pavone worked. Um, as much as, you know, some people would say, oh, well, why would he want to stay here when you have a club that's essentially in, sh- in shambles? Listen, even the coach, whoever it, whoever it is, um, that person knows that they have to be essentially taking a bullet, that this is going to be rough times. But who do you want to go through these tough times with, right? Like, not everything's going to be smooth sailing. The Galaxy are not going to be a winning team overnight. Um, I, I think you know, you have to work with what you got in this case, you know, we're dealt, we're dealt cards and, and here they are. Um, so I, I don't want to say that it's hopeless. I don't want to say that, well, unless Klein is out, that we can't be a winning team again. Um, I, I think that hopefully with the other pieces set in place and it's come down to this, but, but, but it's, it's come to this where we're just making playoffs at this point, at least. That we're contenders well, again. Well, it was interesting to close kind of nodded at something that I've I've long felt is that the Galaxy have been aggressively reactive in the past I, I, past four years, five years. They've been aggressively reactive to situations they've been put in rather than proactively building, you know, systems in place to ensure success in the future. And, you know, the. Dennis Lucas said, look, we, we're not going to rush anything at this point. We need to take a step back and actually like have this galactic view of what's going on right now. Like We actually have to assess every single thing and our practices, look at our methods and, 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 and slow and like ensure that we are building success. That was a very you know, educated take to me in terms of what's going on. Like If you look at the Galaxy over the past, since 2017, I mean, the curtain awful year happens. He's fired. They hire Siggy Schmidt, hoping that he can kind of G up the old magic. It doesn't happen. You know, he Siggy Schmidt leaves um, under I'm not interesting circumstances. Um, then they bring in GBS because GBS makes sense, but they don't give him the time in order or the resources in order to build his system, and then they fire him. It's like it, everything has been reactive. And you know, I I will give Chris Klein a little bit, and and I I know I've been very vocal about the fact that I truly believe Chris Klein should not be part of this club anymore. Mm-hmm. But I will give Chris Klein a lot of credit because he came out and said, MLS has completely shifted over the past five to 10 years. It's completely a different league than mm-hmm. the league where Bruce Arena and the Galaxy were winning titles with ease. Like it's, it's very different. And it kind of had the subtext of, we haven't done a good enough job of keeping up with the Joneses. And I completely agree with that. And for, you know, maybe he had a, a Benjamin Franklin Eureka moment overnight and realized that, 
this is what's going on and we need to get better at this. And, you know, I, I hope he did. The fact that they're aware of the fact that now they're on a five, they're, they're behind by five years uh, compared to every other club MLS. At least they have that awareness now. And now it's a question of what does it take to get to, to close that five-year gap in two years, right? Like that's, who are they going to hire on to do that? And that's going to be the next big question. And that's, that's a very, very big question, I think. Um, I mean, you're asking someone to basically commit miracles, but, you know, I think they're aware of, of what's, they're finally aware of what's going on. Like, I think they finally have a, like this season being humiliated in the way they were, they finally get it. I'm like, we are no longer the standard bearers of MLS and we can no longer pretend that we are the standard bearers of MLS. We have to actively change our policies. Yeah. The, the awareness is the first step toward fixing any issues. Um, At least they're acknowledging that, Um, you know, there's a lot of talk of after this Vancouver game of accountability. Um, It kind of came out that, you know, the, the players don't really have, um, that they don't really have in the locker room somebody to 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 lead them to push them. Um, I, I'm you know, and that goes back to what we think that Escaloto kind of lost uh, the the term, you know, the connection with with the players in the locker room. We kind of heard about that, and that kind of reflects that. Um, you know, yes, to Escaloto's credit, right? He was he was given a crappy circumstances to work under. Um, that said, I, I, I still blame him for, you know, he always said that he was into offensive play and, and, and I, w- I had better hopes and higher hopes for him. Um, we just it, weren't able to see it because then you, even in the, in the Seattle game, you have Chicharito scoring. That's obviously coaching. That's to me, that's, that's Kinnear somehow motivating this guy who for all intents admitted that he's having personal problems and that's part of the reason why you know he's he struggled as a player you know it's no excuse November I'm not trying to 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 excuse anybody but you know these players are human it it is a psychological game first and foremost so you know things are affecting him if you're able to get a coach that's able to motivate these guys um you know you have uh thankfully like a Sasha question who who is is the voice kind of stepped up you know you see like these leadership you know you wonder like who's getting who's getting the captain's ban and it just didn't quite feel the same okay Zlatan was harsh but you know you just didn't really have the same amount of push and leadership and and where that comes from and so I'm I'm hoping that you know with this abysmal 2020 season now in the history books that it is it is what everybody needs in this club to to get serious to to making real real changes um well and i, I agree mm. with you i think i think there's no this has also been a problem that I've, I've long opined on that there is no true leader in the galaxy locker room and even in and even in this Zlatan ibrahimovic era like i mean ibrahimovic was a quote-unquote leader but i don't think he was the right type of leader for that locker room right like mm-hmm. you know ibrahimovic being the tough aggressive you know, I am Zlatan kind of guy. I don't think that necessarily was uh, chemistry matters in a locker room, right? Like, I mean, chemistry is critical and maybe just 
that wasn't the right type of leadership for this galaxy locker room. And that's understandably fine. Like, you know, no one has to meld, you know, like there's different types of leadership. There's different types of, of ways to lead a locker room. And, you know, maybe that works currently for him in Milan where he can almost God fear a bunch of young kids into getting it together. But, you know, you're talking about guys in MLS that, you know, he walks into a locker room with a lot of MLS veterans, a lot of guys that, you know, say what you will about Sebastian Legette's comments about him, but Sebastian Legette's been in the league for a fair amount of time. Like, I mean, it's, it's not like mm-hmm. he was, you know, Ibrahimovic was walking into a locker room of, you know, farmers. Like, these guys actually were, had respectable professional careers. Like, you know, so I, I think maybe that wasn't necessarily the best fit in terms of a leadership role. I mean, obviously, we cannot deny what Ibrahimovic did on the field. Um, but the Ibrahimovic conversation is another complete and total podcast. Um Mm-hmm. But I think, the, you know, with Sasha stepping up and I'd, I'd like to see Daniel Sterez step up and I'd like to see, you know, I, I think if Pavon comes back, I think Pavon steps up. Like it does feel like there are leaders in waiting in this locker room that need to are starting to realize that they like they're starting. It's starting to dawn on them like, oh, I have to be the guy, which I, I like I, as, to your point about, you know, Sasha Kleshen being more vocal. Like I, it does feel like it dawned on uh, Sasha kind of later in the season, like, oh, I have to step up and be the guy. Like, it, that's a good thing. Like, I mean, that's, you know, that if that's where we're starting to head into the next season and into, into this next era of what the Galaxy are, then, you know, there's, there's decent building blocks here. And, like, that's not a bad thing to have. I, you know, I mean, Sasha, there's definitely open-ended questions about how long his career is going to last. He says he wants to play till mm-hmm. 40. I don't think he's going to make it to 40. To 40. <laughs> I was going to say, very few players have. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he's not necessarily the freak of nature that, like, Ibrahimovic is. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just think I, I'd like to see more guys step up, more guys take 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 their chance, like, to, take their chance to stamp themselves on this Galaxy team and say, like, this is, look, I'm going to be the guy. Like, I, I want to see more players do that. And, you know, I think one player that is trying to do that, but is struggling is Julian Araujo because he's a fantastic defender. But like, if you look at the game against Vancouver, he's got to know better than to go into that challenge, right? Like he's got to know better. And, you know, I'm my, my, my kind of explain it away is he's 19. He's young. Defenders don't really peak until they're like 24. He'll have time to learn it. He'll have time to calm down. But like, you know, Julian Araujo, it seems to me is already trying to stamp his leadership on this club. I mean, the work he does off the fields for, um, farm workers, especially in his native Lompoc and, you know, like all this other stuff. He's really trying yeah, he to make himself two, leader. He got two awards. He got defender of the year and he got humanitarian of the year. And I know you can argue and say that Insua, you know, was a better defender, but, but like you're saying, um, Araujo was there for the, the worst games, you know, he really had to, to put in the work. Yeah. And, and, and Araujo, I mean, you know, the, the red cards he got this season, indicate to me that he's still a young player. Like they, mm-hmm. they were kind of rash red cards that, you know, you, you hope someone can coach out of him, you know, like he, yeah. <laughs> he's got to know better than to go studs up to someone's ankle right on the edge of the box. Like that's going to get looked at every time that's going to get him sent off every time. Um, but yeah, it does feel like it. there are, there are, there are inklings that there are leaders in this club that are starting to realize like, Oh, I actually like that. They can't wait for someone else to step up for them. Right. Like they, that they, are starting to realize, oh, no one else is going to do it. I got to do it. And like, that's not necessarily a bad place to be. Um, but it is not, you know, I, I wish it happened earlier. I think there's no question about that. But it does feel like there is certain, uh, there, there's certain 
signs that are positive to me, but it does, you know, but then again, we can't really assess a lot because we don't know kind of the direction that this club was heading, right? Like we don't know who they're looking at as head coach. You know, they, they've been linked with Javier Aguirre. I, Aguirre, I, I, I don't, that's, that, that's one that I, I'm not necessarily bullish about, but. You You've know, done but, a, you did a little poll. Yeah. Twitter. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and then of course everyone wants Keen and, you know, I threw in Landon Donovan and, and I had a couple of people ask me like, why Landon Donovan? And I said, well, I've, having watched him sort of from afar here in San Diego, he's done a lot of impressive work here. Like he's, he's turned the loyal into a pretty fantastic club. Um, I understand the want for, for Robbie Keane. I get it. It's kind of, but my argument against Keane is if this is, isn't this exactly what the galaxy have been for the past since 2017, which is just mm-hmm. let's play the old hits again and, and, you know, you know, throw on the old music and hope everyone remembers how to dance. Like it, I don't know necessarily if that works anymore with the galaxy. And I mean, this would be Robbie Keane's first appointment and, you know, I would just hate to see Robbie Keane sink, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's not fair to just throw him in the pool and be like, Hey, swim buddy in, yeah, I, in something that, you know, it's not even stable right now. I, I agree 110% that he, it, it, and that's the thing is, Everyone who wants Robbie Keane to to be manager of the club, are you ready to watch him fail? Because it's going to take him time. Like, and that's not going to be fun. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, saw... I always want to remember. I always want to remember Robbie Keane, the cartwheel after the 2014 Almost Cup when he scores the winner in the 2014 Almost Cup final. Like, that's the Robbie Keane I want to remember. Not yep. seeing a Robbie Keane dejected on the sidelines, watching his Galaxy lose. You know, and not getting not be given a real chance. Yeah, I, I saw, you know, Jamie's comment of like, I really would hate to do this to Dom, but we did mention this last episode of like, you know what, Kinnear has to be the one to take to take this team to the next, through the next stages, you know, of recovery. That's what I'm going to call it. Like, the, he has to be the one to me, um, because anybody else that you bring in, unless we get somebody... I don't know. That is such a good coach that he can make. <laughs> he can make. I don't know these these pegs be you know chess pieces. Like I I guess you know. But but you know again like you don't you don't have Zlatans. You know you have a lot of potentials. Um, I I like that this is a younger team. You know uh, MLS was you know known as like this retirement team, and so it's it's nice that we have these younger guys that are coming up. And in fact, the Galaxy. Uh, and to close say, like the whole thing was like you know bringing these guys up through the academies, right? Go ahead. But, but but isn't that exactly what Chris Klein is saying when he says MLS is five ten years ahead of where we are right now? Like isn't like the 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 model that the Galaxy have operated on bringing in the great European stars? Like is that when he says that is that not an admission that the Galaxy have really screwed this up by doing that for the past ten years? Like it, sure, when it comes into the league with. You know, 25-year-old Joseph Martinez, who they pulled off the scrap heap at Torino, who was the second division side in Italy. They come in with this young kid, Miguel Amiron, who then they sell on at Newcastle for $25 million. You know, Yamil Assad, like all these fantastic players. And all of us are kind of like, who? And then they completely take the league by storm. Like, I think the Galaxy are finally realizing we can't do what make, made the, the Galaxy the Galaxy. Like, they, I think they're, it took them long enough, but I think they're finally realizing it. Yeah, I think that... You know, we're we're gonna get. This is what we're gonna get. This is as much as we're getting from from Klein to say, um, to to be held accountable, right? To to we have to make inferences based on what he said. Um, you know, to go back to the point of you know the galaxy, 
just trying to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, isn't that true? Not just being compared to our rivals who we've played against, like against Seattle, um, you know, just to say, oh, what what an attacking team, what a prowess team. Look at their coach, you know, like the envy that that we were having from that. And then also, um, obviously, you know, being compared to LAFC and trying to keep up with them. Literally, I feel like they were the neighbors that we were trying to keep up with. Um, I I really felt I really felt that, you know, and, and it's just as a Galaxy fan, you know, it's it's painful because you're so used to being the trendsetter to to leading the way. And so now that when you see your team trying to play catch up, you know, um, you know, I'm honestly glad that this 2020 season is over uh, for for the LA Galaxy, I I think it's just kind of like just make it stop, you know, <laughs> like he's like the, the horse is dead, stop beating him. It's like, um, you know, as as for players taking their chances now, a hundred percent. You see on the pitch, I often felt that the struggle this season was that you're just calling for someone to take leadership. You're even on the pitch, you're just like somebody take that shot, somebody take those chances. Go ahead and be selfish, you know. Um, of course, there's some strategies, right, of like ball crossing that didn't change and trying to feed the ball to Chicharito, which wasn't going to work. Um, you know, so, and then, and then of course, you know, the struggle of injuries with um, JDS and um, Wild and then Depoy not working out the way that you wanted it to. And, I mean, it was just, it's just so many things that are going on and it's just like okay we have to fix things one thing at a time you know yeah, yeah and that's that's a pretty thing was kind of weird because you know i don't know what they saw from Giancarlo gonzalez in training at the end of the year but oh you yeah know, I, I i didn't see it i mean if you look at the goal that they can the first goal they concede against vancouver in that last game of the season i mean john carlo gonzalez has to know that cavallini is running in, into that space on the cross i mean it's a basic cross and a basic header from cavallini like john carlo gonzalez has to know better um and and it's odd to me that Nick Dupuy just fell off that hard, considering you know he was he was he was a solid center back. I mean, it's not like he wasn't you know on skates every game, you know, making individual mistakes. But I mean, like he wasn't flashy. But I, I prefer my center backs not to be flashy. I prefer my center backs to be busy, like you know, to be business like. Um, but I agree with you. There are there are there are there are parts of this team that in isolation you can look at and say, yes, I feel positive about it. And if they can bring Yoni Gonzalez back for another season, which by the way, that was such a weird deal, right? Like, yeah, I think he needs another chance. Yeah. Like I, bring, I don't think it's fair. You bring him in and like, you it's bring him easy in to write guys off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he has to quarantine and then he has to get, he has to mesh with the team. It's a new country in the middle of a pandemic. Like I, I and he looked good in the eight games he played, but like, it's just that that was such a weird deal. And like, you know, I get maybe Benfica wanted him to get playing time. And like, I understand that. I hope they can get him for another year on loan. I, th- I, I w- I'd like to see 22 or, you know, however many games we get next year out of him. Like I'd actually like to see what his production will be over an entire season. Um, you know, but, but you know, for the, for the eight games we saw, he did look fantastic. I will also say even you know, playing in a position, you know? Yeah. And I also feel bad for you Gonzalez because you Gonzalez had to get pulled twice in order to bring in a defender because we had, you know, a player sent off, like, uh. the same player sent off. you know, like I, f- I feel kind of bad for him. He, he expressed his frustration when he mm-hmm. left the field against Vancouver to sub off for Rolf Filter. Cause you know, like, I mean, that, that's gotta First be something you're being subbed off for Filter. But anyway, well, it, it's gotta be also frustrating for a guy that like wants to prove that like he's got something to give. And then, you know, your fellow teammate 
denies you that opportunity. Like that's mm-hmm. gotta be frustrating. I get it. Um, but you know, it's like, again, I agree with you that there's, there are certain building blocks in isolation that make me feel confident that we're going to be a different club when Dennis DeClosa can get the front office aligned with his vision, that Dennis DeClosa can get a head coach that's aligned with his vision, you know, like that, that. See, but I thought Escalota was going to be that, but. Well, and sometimes that, that's, that's the the tale of the tape is that, you know, you bring in a guy that you think is going to be perfect and it just doesn't work out. Like, you know, I I don't think there's necessarily any malice in saying that. Um, Mm -hmm, I just, I, I think they're going to need some, and, and they're going to, I, I hope they give it to Kinnear for at least a year or two and just literally kind of let Teclosa take out the garbage, so to speak. Like, you know, Kinnear yeah, I'm with a, you on that one. Kinnear is not necessarily flashy. He's not necessarily the sexy quote unquote pick, but he's no nonsense. He's pragmatic. He knows his team. The, the rumors in the back room were that whenever Shaloto's successes were happening, it was because T- mm-hmm. Kinnear was deeply in his ear, you know, I like Dom as a head coach. I think he's a good guy. I think he's, you know, you know, it, it won't be. And, and and if you watch the, the last games of the season, true, the Galaxy didn't, you know, look necessarily great, you know, at times. But but at times they did play some very inspiring attacking soccer, especially against Vancouver. Like that 3-0 scoreline, I don't think it's 3-0 if. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually. It's sent off. Like, I, yeah, I don't stats, think that's a 3-0. <laughs> yeah, the stats were actually pretty close. Um and so and so it was uh, against Seattle too. So you know, and then he and then you know, Kinnear has that win under his bow against RSL. So I, I think that there's something to his coaching. Um, you know, the argument is, yeah, we've been there and done that with Kinnear, sure. But like, what else are we going to be able to do right now? Yeah, exactly. And 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 the amount of surgery that this roster is going to take in order mm-hmm. to be successful is going to be over a year, a year and a half. So it, it's not like they could bring in a head coach and then completely tactically change everything because there's going to be so much turnover, you know, roster turnover that, you know, it's going to be really hard for a head coach to instill any kind of tactical ideology. You know, like, I, I just think, you know, I agree with Jamie that, you know, the Kinnear has to stay for a bit. Like, I mean, it's, it just makes the most sense. Like, mm-hmm. and I know, you know, Robbie Keane would be fantastic. Robbie Keane would be, you know, if, 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 it, if he can make it work, Man, having Robbie Keane after all the success he had on the field, and then have that success off the field or you know, on the touchline would be amazing. But I just don't think it's the time yet. And I, I think it's I think it's Kinnear, you know, for me. And it's and that's not a bad thing. So when you say year, year and a half, you're talking about like if things go back to normal, or you're or you're thinking even in this pandemic. Well, I mean, who you know they're going to have to get rid of a couple of players regardless of normalcy or not. Right. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gonna, no, that, yeah, I think they're going to have to pretend like things are going to be normal no matter what happens. Like there, I think the galaxy are in such a position where the pandemic and the uncertainties around the pandemic and how teams operate doesn't really apply to the galaxy anymore. Like, because they've basically said, this is a cultural reset. Like at that point, it, you're operating in complete, a completely different world than any other club, right? Like, it's not a question of, you know, ooh, is it pragmatic at this time, no, not knowing sure where our revenues are if we buy this player for $15 million. For the Galaxy, it's, we have to do that because we have no other option. Like, you know, it's, it, 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 is, it is a weird time to admit that you need a cultural reset. It's 
but they had to, right? Like, yeah, I was going to say, regardless of the pandemic or not, this, this is what needed to happen because of what's been going on since 2017 to be in a position again um, where you're relying on other game turnouts and whether or not you're going to make the playoffs, you know, like that's like, no, we're, we're done with that. Yeah. So I, I think, I think just, it, it makes sense to just, I think at least from a galaxy perspective, not necessarily from a, a, an MLS and global soccer market perspective. Sure. To basically pretend that everything's normal, like, and to basically operate like everything's normal. And, 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 and I think this is when AEG comes in with, with, with kind of the deeper pockets that, you know, other ownership groups in the league, if they were in this position, wouldn't be able to do that because just financially the money's not there. With AEG, if everything we've been told is true, the money is there. So, like, the Galaxy kind of are able to operate as normal regardless of situation. And that's, you know, thank God for Papa Anschutz, you know, like, this mm-hmm. is, we, we're kind of lucky. So, I mean, you know, I could easily see roster turnover of 10 to 15 players, like, easily. And... You know, and then and then the work that's going to be required to replace those players and to ensure that you know whoever takes the reins, if it's Kinnear or if they bring in someone, um, and, you know, I've heard Piojo another Herrera sacrifice. Of, well, <laughs> I've I've heard they're looking at uh, Herrera out of America, which would be uh, if America lets him go, that's going to be very that would be a very bold choice. Um, but again, as Dennis, we're, we're you know we're we're kind of in self-reflection mode, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, I, I'm okay with that. Um, but it's a question of, you know, like they're going to, they're going to, to, there's going, a lot of players that we may like are not going to be on this roster next year is what I'll say. Yeah. But you know, again, they have to go to, um, so we'll see, we'll see. Cause, uh, like, like once again, you know, we've, given some players some chances and they've been there and if it's, you know, they've had their stint with the club, they've had their chance. So like, that's the whole entire thing about this is like, it's so wild that you look at the players that they've brought in since 2017 on paper, a lot of those resumes are very, very good. And they just swung and miss on missed on every single one outside of like Pavon, like, it's well, amazing but then, like, legit had that that spark, that moment. We're gonna see him on the U.S. men's team, and I have no doubt that he's gonna be a spark. So I just want to know how that can translate for the Galaxy, and I and you know where where that went. Yeah, like, but but to the legit point, who would you rather be playing for right now, the Galaxy as presently constituted, or a U.S. men's national team that's going to start a lot of exciting young talent today? Where seven out of the eleven today are going to be eligible for the U twenty three World Cup, like. Yeah, I'd much rather be there. I'm not like you know. And, Same. You know, I'd much rather be in in Wales right now than in LA. You know, like, um, but it it does speak to something cultural that the Galaxy swung and missed on every, pretty much every major transfer that they made in in the past you know five years. Like you know, Ibrahimovic worked out, but Ibrahimovic is the kind of the rumor that I heard is the only reason that Ibrahimovic really worked out was that Ibrahimovic's team was wrongly asking the Galaxy to take him. Like, the Galaxy were not necessarily receptive to it. And then, you know, Pavon works out, and then, but you look at, like, Rolf Felcher and, um, oh, God, the, I've already forgotten his name, the Norwegian, that I, Shkelvik. <laughs> That's how relevant it was. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, like, Yeah, there's no, a name we haven't heard in a minute. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the, the, like, just two examples of just, like, guys that, like, theoretically, this should work, and it didn't work. And, like, I hope that 
in the next year or two years, the guys that made those decisions no longer make those decisions because, I mean, you can't swing and miss that many times and hope to be successful. And, and you know, that's like the first thing the galaxy have to really work on is, is not swinging and missing on not a major transfers necessarily, but fundamental transfers that are building or like that are key parts of your on field success. Like a right back is a critical part of on field success, you know, and they, and they swung and missed a left back critical part of your success. They swung and missed the first time. I think they, they've struck something with Inswa. Um, but even then he's, he's on a short-term contract. Can you convince him to stay in LA for a long time? Like, you know, they're, they're going to have to get everything right from here on out. And that's, that's a daunting prospect, but if they can do it, then things will be good, but it's, they have to get everything right from here on out. And we'll see exactly the changes that have to be made have to be the right ones. So thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you again real soon. We will be doing a rundown <laughs> of what was the 2020 season by positions. Yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a, a it, it, it's going to be a long three weeks of recording in terms of going line by line on this team. But we're going to be happy to have you. And uh, yeah, our takeaways based on whatever this 2020 season was. <laughs> It was, right. it, it was something. Yes, thank you for our listeners, uh, subscribers, like and follows. We really appreciate you. We'll see you out there on the uh, on the social media and the Twitterverse, particularly. Mm-hmm.